Hey everybody, it's Mike Rickheim. Thanks for joining us today for another edition of the Getting to Know podcast. I am fortunate today to be joined by my friend and colleague of almost a year now, the guy who went out there and brought us a TASA very recently, our head of corporate strategy and development, Kyle Anderson. Kyle, good to see you and thanks for joining us today on the Getting to Know podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. It's a, it's a pleasure and an honor. Um, I've enjoyed getting to listen to a bunch of our colleagues up to this point. So, you know, it's a lot of pressure, man, coming in. Well, I, look, I wanted to get you on a Getting No podcast very early on, but we had to have you go buy something first, uh, give you something really meaty to, to talk about. So appreciate you taking time out of a very crazy schedule right now. As we put this into recording, we're a about two weeks away from closing. So you've got a lot going on these days, right? Yes. Uh, closing time is always busy, but you know, fortunately we've got a great team working on this and, and the Atasa uh, team is also working really hard. So very much look forward to getting this one over the finish line. So Kyle, in your role as the uh, the head of strategy, I, mean, I think it's, it's probably more obvious to you than the average Bear and or Nina employee, but there's two levers for growth, right? So you work very closely with Julie and Byron and Kingsley and their teams on levers that we can pull, areas that we should focus as it relates to organic growth, which Brett has has recently come in and, and he'll help us drive that. And then there's this like, how do we go buy growth? And that's all the stuff that you lead. So talk to us a little bit about like what goes into a day in the life what does a pipeline look like at any given time? Like what, what's going on in your world as it, as it relates to you know, considering different potential opportunities to, to go out there and add to our growth platforms? It's a really interesting job. And, and as I often describe it on the outside, I'm just a professional shopper. That's all I do. I, I go out there and I shop. Actually, in my role, I, I really feel like the main focus of it is to be an accelerant for our strategies. And, and as Julie's clearly articulated, you know, changing the growth dynamic and getting greater exposures to growth categories is really critical for our business strategies. So I view my role as uh, supporting that mission and in that dream. Part of it comes into really trying to understand and work with our business partners and learn about the strategies, learn where they want to grow, and then you know, getting a little dose of creativity, unicorn horns and pixie dust thrown into the mix, and you know, poof, there you go for an acquisition. I really like it though, in that I deal a lot with the outside Nina world versus you know inside our four walls. So I get to interact and tell the Nina story quite a bit. Um, and I get to try to articulate, here's why I think that they would be a good addition to the to the Nina family. It's a lot of fun. So what makes a great target for you? I would describe it more like uh, buying a home. So if you've ever bought a house recently or something like that, you, you know when you go into one place and it kind of is okay, but it doesn't quite work, then you keep shopping around till you find one that really does fit what you and your family need. That's, that's kind of how M&A is. You, you get in and you look at how are the business dynamics, and a lot of it comes back to uh, the talent and the people that, that are running the business. Would they make good business partners? Would they fit in well with us? 
does the business really create incremental value that separately it wouldn't add? We'll get into this this more recent deal with Atasa here in a, in a moment. It's the first deal that I've had the opportunity to work with you on, and I, I think you did a great job in kind of leading that charge because I think all those things that you just talked about, I see those in play with Atasa, so it's exciting. Before we go there, what would send you ass and elbows running away? When do you like uncover something and then go, I'm out of here, and you barely peek in there? What are those factors? Once you start looking at the numbers, if you see that there are liabilities or other things that don't really support your business thesis, if you go in and if you see a facility that's not well-maintained, if you see talent or, or a leadership group that doesn't really have that dynamic that you really feel like, hey, I can build on this. These guys are awesome and I see them driving this business forward. Those are the things that typically make me run for the hills. And we've done it on plenty of occasions. We look at a bunch of companies, we look at a bunch of targets and a lot of opportunities before we place our bets on the select few. I know you mentioned the Atasa guys. We were really excited about that business. And one of the main features that attracted us to that acquisition was the strength of their leadership team. You know, really strong group of people there. Kyle, you talked about the pipeline. What's the range of opportunities that you might have in play from like the most basic discovery all the way into we're you know getting pretty serious here like what what, what kind of range are we talking about at, at any given time the number of different opportunities in flight at any one given time varies over time we're usually in the neighborhood of around five or seven at any given point all at various stages some of them are relationships that you nurture over a number of years because they're not quite ready to sell yet. Others are in a process right now and you got to jump on it and get get pretty active and, and, and aggressive if you want to win. I think it, what really helps is having clarity in, in strategy and that really helps to make it easy on us to say, do you want to focus and spend your time on this one or not? And I think that's what the uh, benefit of having our growth platforms and some of the work that, that you and Julie and Paul and others of our leadership team have, have collaborated on and worked on over the past little bit to really get refined has really helped with. So on Atasa specifically, Kyle, when did you know? It was interesting with Atasa. So I started working on that acquisition probably 14 months before we had any sort of information. So I reached out to their former owners and started introducing Nina, started introducing the Nina story and articulating how I thought they fit in well. What really drew them, to me at least, was their strong track record of performance. And so you could see some of that on their website, as well as the, the geographic and technical fit. But what really started to get me excited was when we first met uh, Olivier, their CEO. And seeing the type of passion that he had for the business and the leadership qualities that he brought to the team, uh, it was really inspiring. And then the more we got to know the broader Atasa team, the more and more excited we got. I would completely agree with everything you said about both Olivier and that leadership team. And just to throw this on top, so my dear friend and colleague, uh, Whitney Saxon, who does a an up and down job of screening out potential guests for the Getting to Know podcast based on the fact that we've had a lot of Yankee fans on here. Olivier, the head of Atasa, is a French guy working in a Spanish company who's a huge Red Sox fan. You had me at Fenway, Olivier. So you talked about the technical fit. 
How did you acquire, how did you gain the technical knowledge that you have? Because I got to tell you, it's one of the things I've been very impressed by. You will nerd it up on some technical stuff. And I mean that as a compliment. How did you get there? I started my career in the manufacturing environment. The mills and the mill environment and the manufacturing process has always really fascinated me. Uh, that's where all the magic happens. And the is anytime I can get back to a facility and spend time on the floor and learn about the technology, I think it's beneficial. And so I, I think it's just kind of accumulated over the number of years. You know, I've been blessed to have had a lot of mentorship from a lot of really strong ops guys, uh, the most recent being Jason Free, who was on here earlier. I, I get to hang out with a lot of really knowledgeable folks like Bob Conforti and other people who are really, really smart and really good at their technologies and, and know-how. You know, our German colleagues, Jürgen, I know has also uh, been influential and explained even down to the very page one basics. And I think that just over time, you just kind of start tucking away little nuggets here and there. So we'll get to your family here in a moment, but you think about your two boys and what they want to be when they when they grow up. Like, did you grow up wanting to be a deal guy? Like, how, how did this all happen? I mean, you stopped off in, in the ops world. You've been surrounded by people who've really helped kind of bring you along. You've kind of taken the nuggets as you described, but like, how do you get to this point? Coming out of school, I was looking for a company that um, I really believed in, that had good values and good culture. And, and growing up here near the office in, in Alpharetta, I went to church with a lot of people who worked at Kimberly Clark. And so I recruited Kimberly Clark out of school and I, I wanted to go to work there. Funny enough, I was scheduled to fly to Houston when I received my offer from Kimberly Clark uh, to interview with a company called Enron. Life has a way of working itself out, man, and it was probably the second best decision I've ever made. The first one was uh, obviously picking my wife. <laughs> Good call, especially since the Getting No podcast is available to uh, the public audience. We want, want to make sure Allie knows exactly how you feel about that and her versus Enron for sure. So, um, so take me back to the very beginning. So you, you said Alpharetta, I was thinking you were a little further North when you grew up, take me back to the beginning where you grew up, you know, what, what you did for fun and so forth. I grew up, um, in coming Georgia, which is around 10, 15 miles North of our Alpharetta office. My family's been around and, and lived in that area for generations. Uh, I think we date all the way back to the early 1800s, late 1700s in this area. So, you know, we have really deep roots. But growing up, I knew that I wanted to get out of that little area or that bubble. And so I, I chose to go to school in New Orleans. It was a really important step for me. I wanted to get exposures to other cultures and, and different diversity of inputs and backgrounds and things like that. It was a great opportunity for me to, to step out of coming Georgia, you know, class size of 120 when I graduated high school and go, go down to the Big Easy. Um, and, and that's fortunately where I met my wife. I graduated school in three and a half years, and uh, then I went to work in Wisconsin. So it was a very big transition for a Southern boy to go uh, up to the Midwest in, in the harsh winters up there. I was educated very early on by my colleagues in the mill about what the, the stick with the brush was that was in my rental car at the time. <laughs> and I had no idea. And they're like, yeah, it's to brush the snow off your car. <laughs> Usually down South, when it snows, you just stay home. So <laughs> it was a uh, 
it was definitely an educational experience. But uh, so I started out in adult care, fem care um, in Wisconsin. Then uh, I had the pleasure of working at the Nina Mill in the fine paper group when we spun out of Kimberly Clark. With that spinoff, uh, I had the opportunity to move back home to, to Alpharetta, which was great for us because we were starting our family at that time and it was good to be closer to my parents and, and my wife's family. So we came back here and I've been here since. After my wife met you, I don't know, four or six months ago, we were in the office and she said, the dude from the office from Wisconsin, is it Kyle? And I was like, from Wisconsin? It's Kyle, but he's not from Wisconsin. She goes, no, he's got Wisconsin accent. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's from Cumming, Georgia and went to school in Tulane. What are you talking about? She said, no, I, I detected a little bit of like what I thought was like a Wisconsin accent. And I've since thought about this. You grew up in the South. You went to school in New Orleans at Tulane, right? And then you were up in Wisconsin. So I could see where that might blend. However, my hypothesis on this is that were you not a French major? I was. That was one of my majors. Do you have an ear for like accents or languages or something like that? Because I actually don't detect much of an accent from you for someone that grew up in this area. What do you chalk that up to? I think some of it has to do, my mom is from the Midwest, so she's from Ohio, which is near and dear to your heart. That probably rubbed off on me more than anything. My Southern comes out definitely in certain circumstances. <laughs> I've heard it in certain circumstances. I get heckled often for my use of plural possessive with the term y'all. I've used all y'alls or all y'allses before, so. I've heard those. I've been amongst those heckling you. If I'm not <laughs> we talked about the best decision you made or had made for you and that Allie chose you after you begged her. Um, so tell us a little bit about Allie and your boys. Yeah, so I, I've been married um, to Allie for 21 years coming up this June, which is uh, every day is a blessing. Uh, I have two boys. Uh, one is Caden. He's my oldest. He's about to be 15, which really scares me that he's going to get his permit and start driving. My youngest son is Quinn, and he's just about ready to wrap up his career in elementary school and go and move into sixth grade next year. So what have you guys been doing throughout the pandemic as school's been weird and places have been shut down and reopened and shut down again and restricted? Uh, what have you guys been doing to, to stay busy with a couple teenage boys? We like to go hiking quite a bit. Though my wife's been battling an injury, so we've been kind of helping her get back on her feet, literally. But we picked up biking. We like to do games as a family quite a bit, so board games and stuff like that. Movies, you name it. You know, outdoor movies, we set up an outdoor kind of TV kind of set up with a fire pit and was rocking some outside movies too. So any and everything just to spend time together. That's our favorite pastime. That's great. So if I were to wrestle your phone away from you, which I would discourage you from allowing, by the way, but if I were to and I went directly to your music app, what would be the song that would most recently have been played, Kyle? That's a good question. It'd probably be Wu-Tang Clan. Because you're on your way to work and you're trying to, you know, get pumped up a little bit? Yeah, I listen to a lot of different music, but I definitely am a fan of hip-hop, which helps me to relate to my boys, too, because that's kind of what they're into. That's where all three of my kids tend to play. Jack's got a little bit of country, but yeah, there's a lot, a lot of hip-hop for sure. Yeah, I like that. I like classical music, too, so I run the gamut, man. Going back to the movies outside... 
Give me three movies you're watching on the big screen outside, spending family time together that you've really enjoyed. We were trying to introduce them to some of the older ones, movies from when we were kids or whatever. So I know that we watched uh, Terminator recently, uh, the original one. We watched Predator. You know, so trying to go a little bit on the the old school front. We also like to to watch more of the streaming shows. So we've been doing Mandalorian, and I think recently we started the new Falcon and Winter Soldier. I gotta say, you have been more instrumental in giving me binge-worthy shows over the past year than anyone in my life, which I appreciate. And I would like to just point out that I got, uh, I believe, both Vikings and for sure Yellowstone directly from Kyle. Highly recommend Yellowstone on Peacock for what it's worth. Great show. It's kind of like, how would you describe it? It's like the Sopranos meet Montana kind of thing? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's it's definitely set out west, which the scenery itself is beautiful. And then it's kind of a family drama where, you know, much like The Sopranos or or other shows like that, where they're insular family with their own dynamic that's trying to run kind of a family business. So it occurs to me that you, I believe, are a self-proclaimed Star Trek dude, right? No, I would not be Star Trek. See, I'm going to screw this up. Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. And the majority of your projects end up with some kind of Marvel-related project code name, right? You know, I know that the Getting to Know You podcast is famous for the what are you famous for question. And so I was going to be, you know, what am I famous for is probably for corny deal names. Uh, but <laughs> yes, I, I tend to use superheroes as my deal names until it got to the point where people didn't really know what I was talking about. So then I've kind of morphed it just to being anything that's practical. I'm going to do, Kyle, a little bit of rapid fire. So, like, don't give this more than, like, a second of thought. Just give me your first reaction, okay? First concert you attended? Lollapalooza. Best concert you attended? Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Coolest sound in the world? My children laughing. That's a good one. Favorite food from a specific restaurant? Uh, I love Mexican food, so you name your Mexican joint and I'm there. Favorite non-alcoholic beverage? That narrows it down to water. Okay. Uh, favorite beverage inclusive of the alcohol? I, I'm a big coffee drinker, um, but I, I'm also known to partake in uh, an adult frosty beverage, so I like IPAs quite a bit. Glass of wine on the weekend, that kind of stuff. A brand outside of a Nina brand that matters most to you in your life? Patagonia. Favorite quality that you possess, like the one you're most proud of? I think my intellectual curiosity is probably the thing that that fuels me and, and that fuels me both at work and, and at home. The Nina value that hits home most for you. Make it happen. If you had to and or could change your name, which I understand is very difficult to pronounce in Spanish, what would your name be? So we have a tradition in our family that everybody has a KJA initials. Although you might say, well, hey, doesn't your younger son, you know, have a cue? And yes, we took uh, my wife's family tradition on that one. But it would be something with a K. Going back to Marvel, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? That's a great question. I would want to be like Wolverine. So he had the, the sharp claws and the ability to heal himself really fast. That's my boy. I get the healing thing, but you're a kind and gentle soul, so the claws seem unnecessary, but um, hey. It would be useful in the deal world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. 
Fair enough. They're not all as nice as Olivier and team, right? That's right. Um, <laughs> ideal vacation spot. My family and I really love the mountains, so it would be something there. We also, we love travel in general, and, and I would also say anywhere in Europe. The best deal you've ever been involved in, Itasa aside. Probably the Wausau transaction, only because you could measure the payback in months. Who was your hero growing up? First would be my dad, um, but a close second would be Herschel Walker, as any uh, Georgia fan and Georgia boy would would say uh, in the early 80s, nobody lived life bigger than Herschel. If you could give advice to the Kyle Anderson circa 2002, what would you say? I would give him a couple of key pointers. One, go ahead and shave it. It's glowing (laughs) anyway. So that would be, <laughs> you know, advice number one. Number two would be really listen and, and learn from your colleagues. That's been one of the, the beauties of working for Nina. And as things have grown and changed and evolved over the years, the, the one magic part about it is the ability to make an impact and the quality of the people that I've been fortunate to work with have been the one constant. That's what has kept me here all these years. So I'm going to hit you with three final questions here, Kyle. First, what is always in the Anderson family refrigerator? So there's always going to be cold beer in the fridge. A variety of brands because you kind of move around, right? I I do. I I tend to gravitate towards IPAs. You know, there's always an opportunity for a Miller Lite to show up there. That was for you, Mike, in case you come over. I appreciate that. Kyle, amongst those who know you well... What are you most famous for? Well, outside of bad deal names, my kids would tell you bad dad jokes. You know, I, I think I, I also am known for uh, doing a pretty decent job at, at uh, using my smoker. You've mentioned that. Yeah, I think so. Based on your stories, it's a good call. And I don't know when the bad dad joke, like, do you do you remember when you went from being just normal funny to bad dad jokes? Because I kind of get the same thing. I get I, like disgusted looks from my people all the time. I thought it was pretty fun. I just think it's, they, they can't appreciate the quality of my humor yet. Yeah, that there you go. I like that. They're too, too <laughs> immature still. So last one, Kyle, what would you say you are most looking forward to right this very moment? From a work standpoint, I am really excited to head to uh, Whiting in a couple of weeks to pr- participate in the rapid improvement event up there. Um, in addition to, to closing Itasa, it's always good to get it completely you know, closed up and part of the Nina family. So those are the two kind of work things I'm most excited for. The personal front, I'm most looking forward to, to taking a little bit of a break and heading to the beach. boy, Is that a spring break trip coming up? Yep. Heading to Atlantic Coast. Very good. Well, Kyle, I know you've got a ton going on right now as the deal closed near. So appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. And, you know, for what it's worth, just want to thank you for all the work that you did heading into and kind of shepherding that deal. It's been a pleasure working with you on it. I've been in, been very impressed with the diligence that you've led it with. And, and I got to say, at the risk of putting this out there in front of the whole world, from the day that I started working with you, you are one of those rare people that without question puts the company and their needs and requirements ahead of your own. It's a really great quality that that you don't find in some of the best people. So for what it's worth, I, I really appreciate that. I know that, you know, everybody that bumps into you feels that and sees that. So thank you for all that you've done on, on both the Atasa deal and more broadly to help us uh, accelerate the growth strategy, as as you said earlier. So thank you again for your time and for all the, the, the efforts in, in bringing this to life.
Yeah, thanks, Mike. It was a pleasure. And, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't say thanks to the wonderful team that has supported not only the Atasa transaction, but, you know, all the other M&A efforts that we do here. It, it uh, definitely is not a one-man show. Major kudos to the entire MENA organization for, for the help and support that um, goes into making things like this happen. It's never easy, and it, it's not without a lot of hard work and effort from a lot of people. It's it's been fun to see all that come together and um, see Michelle Turner, you know, move over onto your team and 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 lead the charge. We're in really good hands, and I think Olivier and team will they'll be be great additions. So thanks for all of that. And thanks for your time, and and for those of you in the listening audience, thank you very much for your time as well. I hope you've enjoyed getting to know Kyle a little bit and understanding a little bit more about the deal and what happens in his world. And so Kyle, thanks again for everything that you. Um, are doing to drive the Atasa deal and to, 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 to drive the acceleration of our growth strategy. Appreciate you um, taking the time out of your busy schedule today. And for those of you in the listening audience, thanks for your time. We'll catch you again in two more weeks.